You talking about football? Yeah, football, NFC North. Let's talk football. Welcome back, everybody. This is Headed North, NFC North podcast, and I'm your host, Detron. We have officially wrapped up the final week of the regular season for the NFL's 23-24 season. And I can't be more excited about the way it ended for the NFC North. Certainly, I would have liked to have all four teams make their way into the playoffs, but we didn't get that. But we did get two teams into the playoffs, but it took the final week of play and some quality showing up from Jordan Love to get that done. So we're going to talk about how the Lions played the Vikings. We're going to talk about how the Chicago Bears played the Packers. We're going to talk about all that and who's facing who in the first round of the playoffs. That's probably more important than looking back at week 18. But I'd also like to say thank each and every one of you for listening to the show. If you're here, we appreciate it. We have actually wrapped up our first full season of NFL podcasting. And I got to say, it was a fun ride. I'd love to look back and maybe I'll do a look back show here soon and tell you about all the things that I got wrong and some of the things I got right. Before we do any of that, we got to kick it over to our sponsors one more time at the tail end of this regular season so they can tell you about their stuff. Our sponsor this week is OffRackShop.com. OffRackShop.com is an online thrift store. They have men's and women's clothing, shoes, accessories, and more. Usually about 300 items to choose from. So if you haven't already, check out our description for 15% off your next purchase at OffRackShop.com. All right, thank you to OffRackShop for sponsoring the show for the majority of the year. And thank you all again for listening. So let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings and the D. Detroit Lions. Of course, you know by now coming into the game, there was a outside chance that Minnesota would get into the playoffs. It was like 2%. It was pretty low. A lot of things had to go right and or wrong, depending on who you cheer for. But they could have got in. And there was still an outside chance that the Detroit Lions could go into the playoffs with the number one seed. They needed some help. They needed to win. They needed Dallas to lose. And they needed Philly to lose. Half of those things happened, actually. 66% of those things happened. The Detroit Lions came out and played a tough game against the Minnesota Vikings. Golf completed 23-32 for 320 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, one sack. Mullins on the other side of the ball had a pretty good day through the air, completed 30-44, 396 yards, two touchdowns, but also had the two interceptions and four sacks. On the ground, David Montgomery 10 for 40 in a rushing touchdown. Gibbs, 13 for 30 in a rushing touchdown. On the other side of the ball, Ty Chandler chipped in almost 70 yards on his 12 rushing attempts. Through the air, it was two big performances as it has generally been when these two teams meet. That was JJ, Justin Jefferson had 12 catches for 192 yards, and Amon Rase Brown had seven catches for 144 yards and a touchdown. Laporta had a touchdown and five catches. It was it was a great game. It displayed once again that Detroit has some opportunities in the secondary, though, when it comes to checking top-end receivers. And that's probably my biggest concern for my team going into the postseason. I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but the defensive secondary allowing the number one wide receiver on the opposing team to absolutely have his way, and it 
came to light again. I talked about it after C.D. Lamb. I talked about it after Justin Jefferson the first time, after Keenan Allen, after all of these number one receivers uh, showing up. Now, could this be a part of the strategy that Detroit is imploring, right? Could they be on purpose letting the number one receiver get all of the catches and all of the yards and just hoping to outscore the opponent? Certainly could be. That seems like a um, a faulty plan when you go against a team that has the kind of firepower that they're going to be facing in the first round, which is the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams, of course, have Matthew Stafford at quarterback. They got rookie of the year or great rookie of the year candidate Puka Nakua set all kinds of rookie records. You've got Cooper Cup, former Super Bowl MVP. They have a stacked team. So if Detroit is going to play some kind of let them catch the ball, get all the yards they want, and we can just outscore them, we may be looking at a foe that we might not be able to outscore. I'm just saying I'm concerned about that secondary. So do I want to go into the playoffs complaining? No. I want to be happy about the fact that Detroit is hosting its first playoff football game in Ford Field. First ever home game. That's huge. And we absolutely have the kinds of weapons on our team that can win this game. But I don't want to underestimate this, the magnitude of this story. Listen, these are Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford going against their previous teams. All the angst that might still be there from being traded away for a a person who over the last three years have essentially had the same numbers as you. But that person went and got a Super Bowl in Matthew Stafford's a case. And then for Jared Goff, he was able to come to Detroit and do some things that Matthew Stafford in the many years that he was here couldn't get done. This is a huge matchup. I saw this floating around on the internet. I don't remember who it was, so I can't exactly give you credit for it. But someone mentioned exercising the demons of the same old lions, right? Beating Matthew Stafford is like getting to uh, what they say is like beating the boss, right? Getting to the final level of a video game and finally vanquishing the boss at the end. That's beating Matthew Stafford in the playoffs at home in Detroit, right? That's what you get when you get this opportunity. This is where the Detroit Lions can say we are a different organization. I'm here for it. I cannot wait for this opportunity to take on a team with such talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they certainly have some talent on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not going to even talk about who Jared Goff is going to be running away from basically all game, but this is going to be a huge matchup. It's prime time, 7-15 on Sunday night. Welcome to the 2024 playoff Detroit Lions. I'm ready. I'm so ready for this. And I'm also ready to see what the offseason holds for Minnesota. Just just to touch back on them a bit, they've got some real decisions around the quarterback position. I don't think there's going to be any question about who the coaching staff will be, uh, except for maybe on the defensive side of the ball. What they did with the defensive side of the ball, you may be looking for a new defensive coordinator after this year because Brian Flores is probably going to go be a head coach somewhere because he can. They've got a lot of decisions to make what they're going to do at the quarterback position is probably at the top of that list. So I look forward to how the offseason plays out for Minnesota, what they can do in the draft, if anything. But now it's time to look forward to the Detroit Lions going into the playoffs. And the second game that we had this week 
was the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Bears coming into this game were not going to make the playoffs, but they certainly could play spoiler. And it felt like a big moment. This felt like a moment that Fields could come and really play for the Windy City's confidence in him. There was so much on the line for Chicago, despite the fact that they couldn't get into the playoffs. This was a representation of never beating LaFleur ever in his career. This is for Justin Fields. This is the ghost of Aaron Rodgers screaming that he owns the Chicago Bears fans. This is a 75 overall QBR lifetime, only three touchdowns and six picks, 13 sacks in the five games that you've played against them, Justin. All of this should be the fire to get a win. This should be the thing motivating Justin Fields to go into this game and get a win. And for the Packers, they only needed one motivation. Win and you're in. That's it. That's all the motivation you need. You win, you go into the playoffs. You lose, you probably go home. And one team showed up. Justin Fields, 11 for 16, 148 yards, zero touchdowns. Zero interceptions. Jordan Love, 27 for 32, 316 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Did Justin Field get help on the ground? Nope. Herbert, 12 rushes for 28 yards. Did Jordan Love get help? Certainly did. 22 rushes from Aaron Jones, 111 yards on the ground. How about through the air? Well, DJ Moore caught a few passes. 64 yards, Cole Komet, I don't know, 41 yards. How about on the other side of the ball? Dontavian Wicks caught six of his seven for 61 yards, two touchdowns. Jaden Reed, four catches, 112 yards. Bo Milton, five catches, 62 yards. One team knew what was on the line, and the other team knew they were eliminated, and they played like it. And this makes me question What's happening in the off-field? Now, by the time that I'm recording this, I already know the majority of Chicago Bears' offensive coaching staff have been let go. And for good reason. I'm really surprised that Eberflus still has a job at this point. You can't go in and lay an egg like you do against Green Bay when you can eliminate them with all of the demons of Green Bay past beating you. And expect that someone can go into the offseason where they have the number one pick again and trust who is in charge right now. It's going to be a potentially tough offseason for the Chicago Bears. There is some hope out there, though. I know there were some rumors around Jim Harbaugh potentially coming to Chicago. I think with this win, this most recent win in the college championship, I think his star might be brighter than going to Chicago. Certainly, there's some connection from playing there, but I believe that there are some opportunities that are going to come open that might be calling Jim Harbaugh's name more so than the Bears job. I'm going to get off of the Bears, though, because they got a whole offseason to figure out what they're going to do about their organization for next season. But the Green Bay Packers, they still got a job to do. And their job rests in Dallas, Texas. Sure does. Look. This is the 2024 playoff Packers. 
Let me start by saying this in our in this portion of the show. I got to acknowledge that through a lot of this year, I gave Green Bay Packers fans crap. I gave Jordan Love crap. I talked about LaFleur not potentially being a good coach. I said a lot of bad things. Eh, maybe not bad. I said some harsh things about Green Bay. You know what? I don't take them all back, but I certainly acknowledge that I was wrong about a lot of it. Uh, you guys showed up at the end of the year, certainly not throughout, but showed up at the end of the year, and when you needed to win, you won. You made a statement win, and now you can go in and make one of the biggest statements of this year. You could go into Dallas, Texas, against the story Dallas Cowboys franchise, the same franchise that you guys have beat nine out of 10 times in your last 10 matchups, and give them another L. Give them their first L at home. And then, you know what that would earn you? Green Bay Packers fans, you get to go and take on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. You will have one of the toughest runs of any team if you can make it to the Super Bowl, but boy, will you have earned it. I guess I am kind of, you know, skipping over this this monumental game that they have here in Dallas. But I think this is going to be a real opportunity for the rest of the world to see how talented Jordan Love actually is. He's had glimpses of it all season, sometimes more than others. But that sort of jumping past thing that Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre have done over the years that Jordan Love has been mimicking has seemed to work. And while it's working, they're winning. They got young receivers. And even if they don't pull out this game in Dallas, boy, they've got a bright future. The NFC North is going to have a bright future. It, it just is. There's a lot of really good years coming for the teams here in the North, which makes me really excited because, again, I am a fan of the NFC North. With that being said, I really, really really don't like the Cowboys. I'm They are right up there with my dislike for Green Bay. So in a game of two teams that I wish both of them could lose, I got to just cheer for the North. So come on, Green Bay. I'm actually going to ride with you guys this week. I hope you come into Dallas and give them the L that they stole from us. Uh, or, you know, however you want to look at that, the first L that they can take at home in the playoffs would be quite the statement about who you are, Jordan Love, as a QB, who this organization is post-Aaron Rodgers. Man, I don't even know if I've said his name much in like the last 15 weeks, which is probably amazing for those trying to still get over him. But either way, Green Bay kicks off their game at 3.30, and it is going to be a doozy. I'm looking forward to all of the matchups in the postseason this week, with maybe the exception of the Buffalo Bills and Pittsburgh Steelers. And honestly, I want to see Mike Tomlin get a win. I think Josh Allen is overrated. So I don't really want him to get in, even though he has been playing pretty well in these last few weeks and definitely against uh, Miami. So now that I am done with the two games that we had this week and talking about the two games that we have in the wild card, I'm going to kick it over to Matt so he can give you a special episode Wild card edition of Spread in the Field. All right, Matt, tell them what you got. This is Matt, your resident Vikings fan, and this is Spreading the Field. And we are coming to you. We're going to bring a little different flair this week because we're talking about playoffs. 
Talking about playoffs? That's right. We're talking about the playoffs. So we ended out the season last week 50-50. We took the Lions minus three against the Vikings. You know, they covered easy 30-20. And then picked the Bears to cover the two and a half against the Packers. Packers win 17-9. Bears had a chance in the end to make that game closer. Threw it away at the end. But 50-50 to end the regular season. So for the regular season, we went 55%, 55.77% overall. And then our lock of the weeks, we went 58.82%, so almost 59% on the lock of the weeks. We're going to restart the percentage and change it up a little bit because instead of just telling you what we think about the NFC North teams, I'm going to give you picks for every single playoff game we got coming up this week on Wild Card Weekend. So we've got three AFC games, three NFC games. We're going to go AFC first because we're going to save the NFC for last, saving the best for last, of course. So our first game we're going to go over, we've got the Cleveland Browns, two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Texans on the road. Texans are home underdogs. I really like a home underdog, and in this one especially, I'm excited about this game. These teams met three weeks ago, and the Browns won 36-22, but there was one resounding factor in that game that's going to be different. Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud did not play. Out with concussion protocol during that game. And the Browns defense is good. But without their main quarterback, Texans still managed to put up 22 points on the Browns. I think this right here is going to be a steal. Give me the Texans. Don't even give me the points. Just give me the Texans money line hosting the Browns in our first game. In the second game, we have the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill traveling back to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are four-and-a-half-point favorites. These teams also met this year. They met midseason in London where the Chiefs won 21-14. But throw that out. London games, to me, they don't really count. They're they're in a whole different hemisphere. They're just We don't worry about what happened in London. But here's the big thing. The Chiefs are not the team that we think of when we think of Mahomes, we think Kansas City, we think blowouts. I know it's the playoffs. I know everyone is expecting Mahomes to flip that switch and the Chiefs to come out and go on a run. But I honestly think if if the Chiefs could flip that switch this year, I think they already would have. Give me the Dolphins plus four and a half going into Arrowhead. This could be a tight game, but I think in the end, the Dolphins win this one. Give me the Dolphins and the points at four and a half. In our third game, we have the Steelers, who somehow sneak into the playoffs. They they got no quarterback. They've shuffled people in here at the end. You know, they're really in here because Tomlin is an amazing coach. If the Steelers ever get rid of Tomlin, some team is going to be lucky to jump on him, but... They're going to Buffalo to play the Bills. The Bills are 10-point favorites, which is a very big spread. But the difference maker in this game is going to be that the Steelers do not have T.J. Watt. I mean, they don't have a quarterback either. But they're without their best player, T.J. Watt. And, in fact, without T.J. Watt, they've only managed to win one game that he hasn't played in. I don't think a playoff game in Buffalo is a place they're going to get a second win without T.J. in there. So give me the Bills 
minus 10. I know it's a big spread. I'm a little nervous about it. But without Watt anchoring that defense and with the questions at quarterback, we're going to take the Bills and the 10 points. Now, jumping over to the NFC side, we have the Eagles and the Buccaneers. The Eagles are favored by three going to Tampa. Uh, the Buccaneers, if you've been following this year, they are the best of the worst NFC South teams. NFC South was a train record of division. They're division winners. They get to host the game. The Eagles, you know, they're trying to go back to Super Bowl twice, back-to-back here. I think the Eagles get on track this week. I know they've been having a rough end of the season here. They've had some issues. They had some injury scares. But even if A.J. Brown can't play, I think the Eagles easily cover this three points against the Buccaneers. Give me the Eagles minus three in this game. And then we have our two NFC North teams. That's right, Green Bay. Congratulations. You get in with the win over the Bears. The Packers, though, they're getting seven and a half points against the Cowboys on the road. Seven and a half is a large number. Here's the thing, though. The Packers are the seven seed. And since the NFL added the seven seed, there has never been a seven over a two seed in the playoffs. And I think that ends this year. I think the Cowboys look past the Packers and this game is close or a Packers blowout. I think they're going to struggle under the lights. Either way, I don't think that the Cowboys cover the seven and a half. So even if they win Packers, I think cover this spread, but I think the Packers win this game, but just to be safe, we're going to take the Packers and the seven and a half points just in case some weird stuff happens here. But I think this is the first seven seed to beat a two seed. So Packers fans, I can't believe I'm saying this, but good luck this week. Uh, hopefully you come through for us. And Detron, that means we save the Lions-Rams game for our lock of the week. And I just I don't know how you feel as a Detroit fan. You've got Stafford coming home to Detroit to lead the Rams in the first Lions home playoff game in what, the last 30 years. The problem is the Lions had a lot of injuries last week against the Vikings. Some of those people might play. But even if they do, they're going to be banged up. My fear is that the Lions won't have the foul firepower to hang with the Rams in this game. The Rams get three points. But honestly, my lock of the week Sorry to say this, Detron. Take the Rams' money line going to Detroit. I think Stafford is going to have a big game in the air with Puka and Cooper Cup. The Lions' secondary has shown that they cannot stop the number one receiver. I think with the Rams having two people who are pretty close to number one receivers, that is just going to be exponentially worse for the Lions this week than it has the last three weeks of the season. So, Lions fans, I hope I'm wrong for your sake. Super excited for you guys that you get the home playoff game. You win the division. But for the picks, Rams money line against Detroit for the lock of the week. So there you go. This week, our picks, Detron, we've got the Texans money line, Dolphins plus four and a half, Bills minus 10, Packers plus seven and a half, Eagles minus three, and lock of the week is the Rams money line. Thanks again for having me on. Good luck in the playoffs, Packers and Lions fans. And until next week. 
Skull. All right, everybody, that is it. We will have another show next week for sure, even if both teams get eliminated. Hopefully they don't, fingers crossed. Uh, And I will talk to you then. If you've made it to this point in the show, I just want to say thank you again. Your support is really appreciated. Leave us a like, a thumbs up, rate us, give us a review. Uh, And if you come back next week, which I hope you do, make sure you've got your bags packed because we are headed north. I'm Detron. Peace. You talking about football? Yeah. NFC. North. Let's talk football.